0: And we are back, just like that, back in the studio. What a weekend it was here in Nova Scotia, festivities-wise, weather-wise, sporting-wise. You know, sports coming back, it's given a little bit of a sign of normalcy. I don't know if normalcy is a word, but I'm going to use it anyways. All All you hear in the news these days are Trump, 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 COVID, COVID, COVID. So it'll be nice to sprinkle in a little bit of sports now. Feels good to be able to talk about it, complain about it, watch it. Uh, It's going to be a great summer here when it comes to the, the content aspect of professional sports. And as we try to break it down, no experts here by any means, but what the hell, we'll give it a shot. Uh, Festivities-wise, I was at a wedding, my best friend's wedding, uh, this past weekend at the Weston. It was unreal. Shout-out to Alex and Jamie Lee. Thanks for having myself and Sarah. We enjoyed it. Uh, We love you guys. You guys are going to make an unreal couple going here in the future. Uh, Today on the High Button Podcast, we have Jordan Burke. Jordan played for the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, not for them. He played in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League for the Prince Edward Island Rocket. Played five games there. Then after that, playing Junior A for Bridgewater, uh, Amherst, and and Truro and recently currently actually today myself and dudes are going out with him he runs a hockey school JB hockey development he is coaching some of the best junior and midget hockey players around Nova Scotia so we're excited to talk to him about that we're excited to talk to him about what's been going on this past year honestly he's also the assistant coach of the Dartmouth Subways or no are they called the Subways Steel Subaru Dartmouth I think is what they're called now um But no, we're excited to talk about Jordan because he's been on the podcast before. I think it was like two years ago now. So lots to catch up on. He's a busy guy just like us. So it's always nice to sit down and and catch up and see what, uh, you know, one another is doing. He, how long have I known Jordan for? Jesus. Maybe since like novice back when he had the bowl cut all the way back. Then, you know, the bowl cut was big. Well, Jordan was the king of the bowl cut back in the day. Anyways, going to be a great episode. Myself, dudes is going to be here. We're talking to Jordan Burke. This is the High Button Podcast. Here we go. You know what comes next. Alright Berkey, we're going, welcome back to the show, I was trying to figure out when was the first time you were on, like a year ago, two years ago? Probably two years ago. You and yeah. Taylor? Yeah. I should have went back and looked at the actual number, but that was a while ago, but anyways welcome back. Thanks for having me. What's changed? Oh, Fresh <laughs> start eh?
1: <laughs> Not much to be honest. Uh-huh. Oh my
0: god, a ton's changed, are you kidding me? You got hats made? I got hats. It's been two yeah. years at least. Or two, you- it took two years to get some hats made. Took two hats. You probably beat us and getting hoodies made. We took us three years probably to get anything <laughs> done. <laughs> Money's got to come in before money goes out, boys. That's
2: Well, that's it. Has to stay <laughs> in, yeah, That's too. a business that's mind. To, has <laughs> yeah. To stay in. Can't just come in and leave.
0: How are you doing, though? Like, How are you juggling it? Because, you know, you're, you're the coach over in Dartmouth. You're running this hockey camp. You're, yeah. You seem like a busy guy. How, how are you taking it all in?
1: I'm super busy. Yeah. Um, you know, during the year, my girlfriend doesn't see me much. Okay. Um,
2: Which is probably good for her
1: yeah she enjoys it (laughs) she honestly enjoys it um you know I'm in a rink five nights a week maybe six nights a week um between scouting coaching and you know doing my own you know private sessions or things like that so it's winter time's a busy time of year man yeah super busy but that's nothing
2: new you know that's what it's been your whole life
1: very much so um yeah always in a rink don't know yeah. life without it, to be honest. Well,
0: that's the thing. The older you get and the more you – I remember when we were younger growing up, whenever we would play pickup hockey, and, you know, the, the talk in the room with the boys is, what's new? What have you been doing? And, you know, people, you know, they like, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And hearing the, those conversations, nothing ever really appealed to me. Even if if people were saying, yeah, I'm making tons of money doing this. I'm like, yeah, but you got to sit in an office for 12 hours. And it's when you come back to our job and your job, how we're in a rink nonstop, Mm. you'll never hear me complain. And as you just kind of explained what you're doing, I I feel like you're not going to complain. Like, we just, we love it. We love being in the rink. Oh, it's awesome. You know? I see
1: a ton of hockey. So what better way to, you know, what better way to spend your time than watching hockey?
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: You may have to bring the mic closer. Yeah. I'm watching the audios here. I'm a big tech guy. Text, tech, test, tech. Hashtag tech guy. Hashtag Talk, tech guy. Hello. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're yeah, just on the cusp of yellow there. You're doing all right. Yeah, you're doing all right. Anyway, sorry, you know me.
0: Not on the budget yet rookie. for a new mic. <laughs> it's coming. <rookie. laughs> it's been a couple of years, man. You're you're, it's you're a not that years fresh. Not rehearsed. So, where did the idea come for
1: uh, for JB Hockey Development? Honestly, it uh, well, everyone knows who um, Steve Kroll is, coach of yep. the Dartmouth Surus. So he coached me way back in uh, Cole Harbour days in Major Midgets. So. He brought me on to to coach with him one year and coming out of citadel high i went and coached with him and i and i coached one year there kind of as you know an extra guy it was you know get your reps as a coach blah blah because he was on his way out yeah so they were looking to bring someone in um and he usually runs a a spring camp you know kind of in late june i guess it's summer camp in june and he usually runs out of the bmo and he just couldn't do it that year and he said to me he said you know i got this ice i've got 30 kids registered you want to do it and at the time i was still doing my master's in school so it was kind of like why not you know make some make some cash whatever and and i asked i said am i able within your budget to hire some guys and he said yeah so i hired my brother i hired sonye i hired uh, austin hardy so you know it was the four of us we went we did a camp nice and it kind of kicked me off the next year it was like that was a lot of fun um it's obviously a good business model, you know. Spring hockey, summer hockey, always has been, always has been, always <laughs> yeah. will be, always will be. Mm-hmm. And you know, I prepped really hard for that camp in terms of skill stuff, and it had always been something I was interested in. Um, but you kind of got to you got to take that leap and go for it. I mean, anyone who watched me play would say, you know, I was a skilled big softy. So, you know, skills were kind of my game too. I see you. I see you grinning. <laughs> <in their head. laughs> I bite but, my tongue. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I think I had good puck skills, so it kind of fit my niche as a hockey player. Yeah. And so the next year, I said, why not try it? So I spent the whole um, the whole winter, kind of, you know, gathering resources, watching seminars, things like that. You know. Finding drills, watching different videos, and kind of, you know, take some elements of other people's work and, you know, try to find ways that I could implement it. Because I think as a skills coach, you know, you got to be able to show what you're asking of your players. Right. In any sense. Right? So it's one thing to say, oh, go do this, and you use your terminology, and then the kid's looking at you, scratching his head. What do you mean, Berkey? Yeah. So, you know, I'm 30, right? I've been doing it four years now, but so I was 26 at the time, so I was six years removed from competitive hockey. so. I was, I was slowly, you know, ramped yeah. up the skills, but that's kind of where it started was just that one camp. Um, the next year I tried it. I got a bunch of, uh, you know, because of my affiliation with Dartmouth, I had a lot of kids that were trying out for us, things like that. So yeah. that was sort of what brought me, you know, in players. And then the next year it kind of just started getting wider and wider, a wider net of players wanting to come out and skate. The yeah. word of mouth. Word of mouth.
2: It's a powerful thing, right? Yeah. Even if just someone like, say, for example, one player goes and then – his buddy asked him how the camp was and he mentions mm-hmm. three things that he enjoyed mm-hmm. and his buddy likes those things too and now he's thinking okay like hey dad fucking what's his what's his name goes to the jb hockey development i think i want to try that too like that literally can happen so fast with the chain of people so fast with the word of mouth
0: oh, yeah. especially in that industry
1: yeah i mean obviously you know my all my affiliations um they definitely help with bringing people in you know i scout uh junior a i scout major junior coaching midget in the city here so you know people see it as a way in to you know to get looked at which who am i to ignore that but that's probably one of the realities but now once kids pass those affiliations you know whether they've been drafted or whatever they're still coming so obviously they're enjoying the product um so that was sort of the the first get you in the door but now you know show them help them grow their game and they want to stay so that's sort of been my um way of doing things
0: where do you do your research at? Like, are you going on YouTube looking for drills? Are you looking at like an NHL game being like, this is where the game is going. So maybe I'll invent a drill.
1: Like, how do you do, what do you research for in order to get that down? It's a, it's a, a lot of, you know, there's so much information out there on the internet. (laughs) Um, you know, Instagram is a big platform for a lot of people who do skill stuff. You know, I post on Instagram, um, power skating coaches, skills, coaches all over the world do it. So, you know, I have my uh, hockey account where I'll go and I'll uh, follow all these people. I see their drills. I see an element of the drill I like, you know, something I think I could, you know, pass along that information on. And, you know, hockey is very much a, a copycat league, a copycat sport, right? You know, it has to come from who, somewhere. Yeah, who invented <laughs> the 2 on 2 4 check? That's what I mean. You know what Anything, I mean? the so, trap. Yeah, the trap, <laughs> exactly. So I just spend a lot of time, you know, Hockey Canada stuff um, – you know, specialized coaches out of the States, even out of Canada, you know, you see all these videos and you slowly start to accumulate drills and then, you know, maybe you combine two drills. Yeah. After yeah you start yeah, to get yeah. the feel of things. That's what I was going to
2: so, ask you. Have you ever, like, created your own drill with a couple different elements from one from a different drills Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, for sure. Do it all the time. So, right That's now, um, this is kind of my first year. This year, I kind of branched away from what I've done um, in the past. So, we were talking before the show i used to do a lot of skill stuff where it was you know you're tucking pucks under stick aids and you know yes. you're, a lot of yeah. change of direction stuff Find those spaces yeah so those small area puck touches but now i'm kind of getting into you know the functionality of hockey you know weight transfers um you know things like that being on different edges doing different stuffs. you know body mechanics you know opening up your chest you know opposite of your hips and things like that that maybe isn't necessarily taught when you you know, you're playing with your club team yeah. or, or whatever, so, you know, I'm kind of in between, you know, power skating and pure stick handling, you know, I kind of find that middle ground um, to offer something a little different, so this year I've been taking a lot of different skills, a lot of different I call them combos, so we'll work on a skill, you know, whether it's like a punch stop into a shot, well then I'm adding you know, weight transfers, and right. then i got to do a quick punch where they got to change directions all of a sudden, and they get a good shot off, so it's been a lot of you know, not back to basics because it's, it's challenging stuff, but it's, you know, work two weeks on a skill, and then that skill becomes a prereq for my newer Oh, drills. interesting. Okay. Yeah, so cool. you work so,
2: them into it slowly almost by, by yeah. building the, that skill set.
1: Yeah. So um, guys who have been skiing with me to this point, I have three groups right now. Um, three groups have two groups in total because of the COVID restrictions. So I have about 80 players. And they've all been the 05s up to the NCAA and pro guys like Sonny and them. They've all been doing the same program. Um, You know, the 05s are doing the same practice that, you know, OB and uh, Sons are doing. Right. You know what I mean? So, because it's it's all skills that guys um, haven't really worked on. I got guys who are playing in the queue right now who are saying, I can't do any of this. And then I got an 05 who's, you know, he's probably a bubble major midget guy. he's killing it he's doing (laughs) he's doing the skills you know it's just like people learn they've never done it but these young kids have been doing stuff that's what i was going to say along the way but seeing those guys now who said they couldn't do it it's it's crazy and now they're all doing it routinely and it's uh it's gratifying to see you know how these players progress Oh, I, yeah, go ahead. Um,
0: We, we mic'd up, uh, well, we had Tyler Noggle on the podcast I think mm-hmm. last week, and we mic'd up one of his players, Johnson, from SMU, like I think a week Steven. before, yeah. right before um, this all hit, unfortunately. But one thing I really loved about that mic'd up clip that we had with him is that he asked one of his players, what do you want to do? Do you want to do three more reps of this drill, or do you want to go stretch? And when I was having the conversation with Noggle, I was like, a coach I don't think has ever asked me, what do you want to do next? And I thought that was really cool. So that's the question I have for you. Do you ever ask some of these guys, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to work on?
1: Anything like that? Um, where during the year, absolutely. When yeah. I'm coaching my club team, um, you know, when people are paying for a service and they're coming to you for a program, they're there for what you're offering. So okay. I, I see a little difference there. Yeah. But even when I'm doing my sessions or when I'm coaching my club team, you know, I always ask the players, are you bored of this drill? Because, you know, some guys. No one ever asked you. No one ever asked exactly. ask you. No, man. Coach no. never asked me, no. what do you
2: want to do? That, but that's just the, yeah. It's an, anyways, keep it's, going.
1: It's the growth of the game, right? So it's, you know, the personality of players today are very much different. But one of my favorite things is with our club team, we'll, we'll yell overtime. And what that means is when we're doing a drill, everyone's put on notice. We're waiting for the perfect rep. So, <laughs> like, if we're doing a two on one drill or something and it's yeah. overtime, they're coming down you know, we want to see a goal. If we don't get a goal, well, a group's going back the other way, and it kind of becomes like an internal competition that's, to have yeah, that cool. last rep. Yeah. So that's something uh, we've done. Uh, credit to Marty King for inventing that, I think. That's but
2: like when you're playing ball hockey back in the day, and you're like, next goal wins next type goal wins. shit, because you, you got to go inside, right? Everything gets elevated. That's right?
1: it. You know, you got guys in practice, D-man, lying down to eat shots on a two-on-one. Like, who's doing that in <laughs> practice? But yeah. that's, you know, and we have our, team, our forwards into two colors, so it, it very much, uh, it becomes a competition, but all the time, I get kids saying, I want two more reps. I want two more reps. And I'm looking at my watch. You know, I, everything's calculate how many minutes okay. I can allocate to each drill. Jesus. I'm going, boys, come on come on like you want two more i give you one more and like two more and they usually get what they want
0: you're looking at the zamboni driver like like, is he coming on he's blowing the horn soon (laughs) but how
2: many times have have either one of you and including me in practice like and nog's touched on this too like he pays attention to how many guys Mm -hmm. do each rep like how many times have you really enjoyed a drill and you knew the shitty drill was coming up next and like you were the next person to go in line everybody else one guy got to go three times because he was in the short line and you just kept going here and you only got to go once but you're like, man, I want to go one more. You're next in line, then <laughs> two hard laps. And you're like, fuck. Like. Yeah, you missed it. Peep for cats yelling at you. Yeah, yeah. shooting back, pox over at
1: back, you. Catching knee high <laughs> clappers. Remember but, when Saul's hit him?
2: You were playing A, probably. No,
1: it was, it was <laughs> I, think, I think you just got to, you know, I always ask who started the drill. True. And, you know, if the guy's in the middle of the line and he said, I started, I'm like, okay, well, I've got three more kids who got to go. Or if he's at the start of the line, I'll say, all right, everyone gets one more. Yeah. And then we'll switch sides or whatever, you know, we're switching drills, whatever it is. Um, You know, everyone pays to get on the ice. So yeah, why should so-and-so, like you mentioned, why should you get three reps, but Belly only get two? Um, I think it's something coaches are paying closer attention to now. Yeah. For sure. Uh, You you have to, I I think, just
2: because, like you said, the generations change, whether people want to admit it or not. Mm And before I just found it was like nowadays, because I haven't coached hockey necessarily, but I coached university baseball. So you imagine there's different characters that come through there. But I just find you have to almost coach each guy differently instead of like, I felt like when we played as kids, it was just like a one pack. It was like almost like an army where it was like, we all did this. We all did that. We all did that. And and if you didn't like it, it was you dealt with it pretty much internally. Right. Mm -hmm. But now it's like you have to like almost baby people.
1: I think I think you hit and on the head there where like, um, you know, the generations are different. Um, I think there's more attention being drawn to how different individuals are nowadays, Mm. right. You know, between mental health and all these, you know, different circumstances. So, you know, socioeconomic backgrounds, things like that, you know, a, a kid from a certain background may not be the same as you know, a kid from the South end of Halifax. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: That's just the way it is.
1: It's the way it is. It's, yeah. it's life. So I, I just think, you know, I think we're more aware of what's going on in the world and, and what people are going through, which is or, good, which is, a, which is a good thing. So, you know, I very much pride myself in getting along with the guys, you, you know, know. Mm-hmm. not, you know, I don't want them to think that they can walk over me, but I want them to know I'm there for them. For sure. Um, just
2: like one of their teammates.
1: Yeah. So I think that's kind of, you know, something that's helped me with my personal, you know, sessions and things like that is, is guys enjoyed it. They enjoyed me as an individual. They come back because they want to support, and they just – it's a comfort for them to come train, you know. Yeah. I'd say in my junior group, maybe 20 of them I coached. Okay. You know, whether it be a year, two years, whatever, you know. So they're kicking around, but then there's a bunch of guys who just have come out from other clubs, you um, you know, who usually when you're playing at the time, you don't like the other clubs or whatever. Naturally, yeah. Um, they just, they, they enjoy me, I guess, as an individual because I take the time to, to show that I care about them. Um, I got kids who text me all year being like, you know, what should I do here, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not playing much. How do I get on the ice? Or, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm fielding Division one offers from these schools. What are your thoughts? Right. You know, like, who am I to tell you? You know how to choose your path, but it's cool that kids will reach out to you because of the relationship you have.
2: Yeah, that's. I was I was going to ask you too. You kind of touched everything I go to ask you. You touch on at the very end. But do you ever feel like a sense of pressure when they message you for like tips and stuff like that? Almost like if you tell them something and they try to implement it, it doesn't work. It's it's just like I don't, I don't know. I just am trying to think of it from both points of view. You know.
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, in terms of on the ice, you know, you try to show them as best as you can and hopefully it works for them mm-hmm. um you know tips or tricks I, I always try to find a new way to explain something because um, what i explained to justin may not click for you right you know I, I always try to demo i always demo i beat myself up <laughs> i always demo you know whether i'm falling or whatever um i always try to demo but i think everyone just learns at their own pace in terms of advice um you know i come from i would say a hockey family you know i've seen a lot from both sides, the school route and the Q route from my younger brother. So I was kind of at an age where I could understand all that because I was ahead of him in hockey. Right. So I've seen both sides. And now with coaching, you know, you're you're privy to a lot of different information, a lot of different sources. So you kind of get to see the pros and cons of both sides or certain situations. So I think that's just – the Maturity as a hockey coach, understanding so you know, I always tell the kids so you got to do what you want to do first and foremost, yeah. But given given your circumstances, you know, here's what I think you should do for whatever it's worth, right? You've got your family you can speak to, you've got every kid now has an agent, so.
2: But if they're reaching out to you, and that's the, the difference in this scenario, too, is if, if it's different for you to be like, hey, I watched your game, you should try this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Whereas they're coming to you and saying, hey, what do you think about this? When that's the big difference, right? Then you can actually you give that input or whatever instead mm-hmm. of just being like, uh. Do you mm-hmm. find it's
1: more parents or kids coming to you? Def, um, with ages comes different you know, yeah. crowds. So <laughs> older kids, no parents, huh. no parents. Like my junior group, I love them, but they're a nightmare nope. to organize because the parents aren't involved anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, but the, uh, the young kids, you know, it, it's mostly parents, yeah. um, who will, you know, handle the signing up for ice times and yeah. things like that. But in terms of, you know, what should my kid be doing? I very rarely get that. I don't know. Um, I get it the odd time, but I think it's with people who feel comfortable mm. asking me that. Mm. So I don't mind helping out, but, mm. Um, with my affiliations, I strictly say, you know, I'm not here to, you know, I don't want to be talking to you. I'd rather talk to your kid or yeah. talk to the players. So that's kind of kind of a fortunate thing about us. Like we don't really deal with parents in Dartmouth. So mm. and that's
2: the reality of the situation, man. Like eventually, when you get past like fucking Pee Wee, mm-hmm. it no longer becomes. Like, Ban and my guest parents are still say, involved a yeah, little bit, but like, yeah. after that, midget man, you're in high school, and I know you're not an adult, and obviously, a bunch of us think we were, but mm-hmm. eventually, these guys and girls are going to have to make their own decisions. They're going to be the ones talking to the coaches, to management. Yeah. It can't be mommy and daddy going in to talk to the GM of the St. John Sea Dogs, being like, My boy's not playing. What's going on? It, like, these are things that are going to happen, and not only in hockey. In the real world, mm-hmm. bosses, job interviews, that kind of shit, getting in trouble yeah. at work—like it's just like let them do it.
0: And the more we do this podcast, podcast, the more I'm impressed by some of these kids that were 15 years old that left home. Like Cam McDonald, he came in here said he was like 14, He's and well, went down yeah. to the states. And I'm just like, oh my god, He's like, Cam, like, that's incredible. And it's not him. Like we've had multiple people that have left at the age of 14, 15, and the more they tell their stories, man, it's. It becomes more impressive each interview. It's crazy. I mean, we all knew each other at 14 and 15. Yeah, I'm not leaving home at 14. Yeah, I'll no tell way. you that right now. Not a chance. I my could mind. barely make it to the rink.
1: Yeah. Taylor had an opportunity to go away, too, to pursue, you know, the schooling route. And I remember my mom. I'll never forget it. She's like, you're 14? I'm not sending you to the United States. And then, yeah. I mean, maybe that's just the difference of times, you know. There's way, way more ways of staying connected. And, you know, programs have elevated. So, like, that is a viable option. But I know I wasn't mentally prepared for, you know, going away to a boarding school at 14. <laughs> not only that, I, I didn't
2: even know that shit existed.
1: No. I, it's just the growth of hockey, man. It's yeah, just, which is there's crazy. There's so many places to play. Like, I've got emails from people saying, oh, my kid plays here, and I haven't even heard of the league. Yeah, the I'm name like,
2: the name of the team is just abbreviations. You don't even know. It's like,
0: what? Yeah,
1: where? It's, it's like you have a BSC, a Master's, and a PhD after the team name. It's like, what is going on? Yeah, I don't even know, I don't even know where not, this team it's a is. It's schoolyard um, game.
0: The... I want to talk to you about two-sport athletes. We love two-sport yep. athletes here on the show. You were a great lacrosse player growing you. up. You and were? People don't believe that. <laughs> I thought you looked more like a lacrosse stick. He was just Colin lanky. he just shot over the goal. Fuck,
2: you'd be open, open, uh, just pure open on the ribs there. How fucking tall you are, man. I would have yeah. beaten on those things.
0: Nonetheless, two-sport athletes. It seems like that, you know, the, the summer program of playing lacrosse, and uh, lacrosse is probably doing well because of the Thunderbirds here, but okay, there's nice. just... Same with baseball, I guess. Baseball's doing well around here. But in the business you're in, you want kids playing hockey in the summer. The more Mm -hmm. I talk to people, Mm -hmm. they go, in order to be a professional hockey player in today's day, you can't be taking the summers off and not working on your skill set, which I believe in some aspects, but there's also aspects to – I can argue a little bit of that because I think being an mm-hmm. all-around athlete helps you mm-hmm. in all senses of life. Yep. What's your take on it right now? Do you think in order to be that professional hockey player that you need to be playing in the summer? I know your business model would obviously say yes. yes. So my business model says yes, yes. You should
1: come to Jordanburg Hockey. Yeah. <laughs> um, the reality is, um, it's it's sad, but it's probably true. Um, you know the focus on hockey. Now I think there comes a point where that focus should be solely on hockey. I think the focus is starting too early, I think, is the issue. Okay. You know, not to say the focus on hockey is is a bad thing, but, you know, Mm -hmm. I I have buddies who coach junior A lacrosse around here, and they're always asking me about hockey players who play lacrosse, and they're pretty good lacrosse players. They're like, oh, we're going to draft them in the junior draft. I said, buddy, he's never going to play for your junior A team. He was like, well, why? I was like, he plays in the Quebec League. Like, he's a professional hockey player now. At this point, yeah. At this point, you know, he's gotten to this point. Like, He's not going to risk it for a broken no, arm. You, yeah. know, you know what I mean? Like, so I think there comes a point, and I think the transition is probably going into your second year midget. I think – S- two-sport athletes is awesome because like you said hmm. you know you learn different aspects of life um, different coordinations different, different people you learn different skills you know you're part of different teams there's all sorts of positives to being a two-sport athlete I was a three-sport athlete um, I was a soccer player stay humble stay, stay humble stay <laughs> humble yeah, Stay <laughs> humble. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think absolutely kids should do that and yeah. it's all about having fun too but I do think now with the way you know specialization in sport is you know skills and all that I think you do fall a tad bit behind when you get to a certain age you know if a nine-year-old's playing hockey 12 months of the year but another 9 year old is playing lacrosse or baseball in you know three of those 12 months he's not falling behind you know yeah there's, there's not there's there's puberty to still happen there's all sorts of things that life's will gonna throw shit at you yeah. yeah yeah but you know I think the thresholds when you get to that sort of you know QMJHL route or if you want to go to prep school I Mm. think you really do have to if you're truly passionate about being a pro hockey player um, you probably you're unfortunately focused 12 months of the year on being a hockey player I hate I agree with you but I hate that I agree with you yeah the thing for me is
2: too like yeah I played a couple sports too and I always Found that, like, obviously, baseball and hockey they just run in different seasons. But when you're a kid, like you said, it's about having fun, man. Play a few sports, Mm -hmm. see what you like. It's easy, like, the proof's in the numbers, man. If you're not putting the extra work in, unless you're fucking Connor McDavid, who obviously still puts the work in, but you're just not naturally gifted like that, you're not gonna go. Like, it's just that's just how it is. But I still think as a kid and growing up you do the couple sports if they start to run into each other and you like hockey more than basketball Mm -hmm. then play hockey and then start Mm -hmm. to focus on that and then you have to hit that certain age like you like you said the threshold where it's like okay now the avenues are starting to open but which one am i going to take because i can't take four yeah right no No. one can do the steve anthony route. no where the qb shortstop and number one center that shit so you have to do you have to put the extra work in and that's what the specialty stuff comes into play because you're still not pounding the players like you would in a regular practice. No. You know what I mean? It's not battle in the corner and penalty kill and all that yeah. shit. You're you're specializing in certain things that yeah. teams don't have the time in the season to specialize in, which is why there's such a big market for it.
1: Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Um we in Dartmouth, we always have Tuesday skill practice. So it's kind of something we've, you know, I've been doing um, mm-hmm. on my own, but you know, I think there's more attention being drawn to the skill aspect, skill development side, um, in the midget levels here. So yeah. um,
2: it's showing, man.
1: Like yeah. it, it like oh my crazy God. Now. when we were
0: at the no offense, your team wasn't there, but when we went to the finals with Cole Harbor and Halifax, and we saw the skill, don't get me wrong, the speed was there, but the skill set oh, on some the, of these the players, playoffs, the playoffs are yeah, semis. No semis. offense, he says. Yeah, no <laughs> <Sorry>. offense. <laughs> <Very polite. laughs> Not but, taken. Yeah. Oh, why were you in the other semis?
1: No, we lost first round of pick though. That's oh, called the quarters. Game seven. That's why yeah. I said no offense. Yeah, sorry. Right.
0: <laughs> but the I just remember thinking back to when we played. Don't get me wrong, we're all three skilled individual players playing a game of hockey. But I remember watching that game and going, I don't think I was that skilled. I don't think I was that quick when it came to. It, well, maybe the, we we were more physical for sure. Yeah, definitely more, dump more physical. And chase, right, more for dump and chase. But the skill set of a guy having the confidence to do a little toe drag at center ice
2: oh buddy was that ever found i didn't back in our day with kirk huh? on the bench no you know
0: like it, it was incredible seeing yeah. some of the
1: skill level today compared to when we played for sure i mean you know even at my sessions like i said you know i i wouldn't get the kids to do a drill that i couldn't do yeah mm. so geez that must be tough it is tough we do two or three drills you know a summer but i'll all, <laughs> practice <laughs> i uh you know i i watch these kids man and it's crazy how how good they are but i think it's a product of being on the ice so much yeah um you know i've run sessions for kids who are seven eight years old and you know they're playing i don't even know what it is like novice advanced or whatever they call it and they're freaking good hockey players man i think I, i think i played a double a i think i played adam triple a but i played a i played bantam double a you know and like i was never always a triple a player but these kids now man the stuff they're doing crazy I scored
0: one goal in hockey out of midair and I can only attribute that to playing lacrosse. Hand-out. And that's all that's all hand that's all I can thank it for. That's your one good moment. That's in my your one career? good moment. I did it at the forum. It was oh, lots of space,
2: no wonder. No one was near you. I remember it was yeah. like there was, like <laughs> was like
0: two seconds like la- two seconds left in the in the second period. And in Bantam AAA A there was an intermission after the second period, correct? Badass, yeah So I remember right after that, you know, the boys are pumped to go to the room and Kevin Cameron was there and he was more psyched than I was, I think. I was like, Yeah, Kevin, thanks, buddy. Get me on the moose heads. Get me on
1: the Get moose heads. Get me on the moose head. heads. but yeah, no. Yeah. And
0: then you played high school. I played for the moose heads. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> Says so right there. Oh yeah, look at that. Um, okay, I want to I want to ask you a question because I know you touched on um, how the whole skill development came about. But was there ever a point when you knew your career was obviously heading out? Because everybody knows when it's coming. That you were like, hmm, I'd really like to be a scout, or I'd really like to be a coach, or you're like, fuck, I just want to do everything that I can in, in the hockey world. Still,
1: I mean, I'd be lying if I said yes. Because yeah. you know, when you're coming out of junior, I mean, I had I had two university offers coming out of the Maritime Junior A League. Where, if you don't mind me asking? Ryerson was one, and okay. I'll leave the other one secret. know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> art school.
1: Yeah, but I was supposed to head there with my buddy Stodd's. Remember Matt daughter? Yeah, God yeah. God, he had the he white skates, yep, right? Stodds, yep. yep, Stodd's, Yeah. Yeah, Stodd's. He, he played for the <laughs> Mooseheads, didn't he? Yeah. And yeah. yeah, the yeah, Lumbees, yeah. baby. Yeah, and then the Lumbees. But we were supposed to go together. Some things fell through, and Happens. it got too close. It was like, whatever. But, you know, they don't have walk-ons around here. So, at that point, I was kind of like, man, I think I could still play what should i do i played beer league for you know two or three years and then i got asked to coach um high school hockey and i asked chris kelly and justin McGilvery, two of my best buds i said you guys want to join with me two and, beauties. and and we did so we you know we did it for two years and that's kind of when the light bulb came on okay i want to do this you know what i mean like when i was 21 i Coaching wasn't on my mind, you know.
2: Legal everywhere in the world was on your mind. Yeah,
1: (laughs) exactly, right? Being a young adult having fun or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? So I was in university. It just, things didn't match up to want to do that. So it wasn't really until my second year coaching at Citadel where I was like, you know what, I think I could give back. I think, you know, I I would consider myself a successful hockey player. You know, I think if you play junior A, you're a successful hockey player, you know, given the amount of players who – play don't. hockey and who don't. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I'm a successful hockey player. You know, I've been dealing with my younger brother for so long, seeing, you know, what he's been going through, you know. Ups and downs. Ups and downs, pro hockey tryouts, things like that. So, you know, I think I was privy to some, you know, good information. Stuff. So i said, you know, I've I watched a lot of hockey. I want to give back. Um, I think at the midget level I had a great coach and Steve. You know, a lot of people dislike Steve because he's grumpy, but that man knows hockey like I've never seen. So, well, he's been
2: coaching around here for, like, 40 years,
1: And he remembers obviously. every game, which and is every crazy player. crazy thing. So, totally, he sees people when we're out in public who are, you know, they're, like, 40-year-olds, and he's just like, I coached you here. And he, like, called oh, no. he called me dudes. I was you. like,
2: what? Yeah. That was, like,
1: 30 years ago. <laughs> so, I had him at Midget, right? And I think, you know, that's probably what helped me as a hockey player the most, get me to play Junior A, was, you know, learning under a guy like him. We call him Yoda. Right. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> He asked me if I wanted to join, and it just, like, it lined up, and that's kind of where the the true passion came. I brought a kid with me from Citadel High. Um, He was going in his grade 12 year. I looked at him. I said, buddy, you can play hockey. Dave Gagnon. Gagnon? Gagnon. Oh, Gagnon, yeah, yeah. So he's playing Junior A, Tier 2, and Carlton Junior A. Um, He's getting Div 1 offers now, right? But he's a kid. I looked at him in grade 10, my first year coaching Citadel. I was like, why aren't you playing Major midget?" And I kind of got, it. he's a little small, but he's super skilled. And so then the next year, he was like, you know, our best player. I was sitting going, buddy, you can play hockey. Like, I know you're lighting yeah. up the high school league, but yeah, like, it's fun. You know, it's fun. You're playing with your buddies, but you can light it up. And he was kind of the one who got me into, you know, seeing him, trying to help him realize his potential. I was like, man, I can help out kids um, just given my hockey experience and all these other things. So. Yeah. That was kind of the, that second year coaching high school hockey before I joined Dartmouth was really the, the start to me, you know, looking at hockey around here and saying, I can help out. I'd like to help out whether people want to listen or not. Yeah. I'd like to help out. Let's see where it goes. You got to take the risk, right? Yeah. That was kind of the transition. And then, you know, the last two years with Dartmouth, Steve's really taken a backseat to allow me to get my coaching reps and things like that. And maybe that's because he feels comfortable with me doing it. I don't know. But, um. I have a super great support staff in Dartmouth, and they let my loud mouth run. So they, That's you know. one thing
2: I did notice yeah. at the Ice Jam especially <laughs> was just, like, how active you were because I know it's, like, you're more prone to kind of take a back seat yourself as the younger guy. He's got yeah. obviously more experience, and you don't really want to step on the toes, right? But mm-hmm. if he's allowing you to do that but still allowing you to, like, fully be yourself, then that obviously means that he he wants you there, or otherwise he would just tell you to shut up, you know?
1: Yeah. I think he, he gives me confidence for sure in wanting to be, you know, it is hard as a young coach because, you know, everywhere as you look, a team has an established older coach, yeah. you know, if you look around the league. Um, maybe the only teams are the rural ones because it's hard to find a coach. But, you know, always in the city, there's always established coaches coaching. You know, you've got Timmy, you've got Andre who used to coach uh, Co Harbor. There's Tom Lee, there's Paul Hunt. There's all these guys who have been around for so long. But they, had, they had to start somewhere, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, so, absolutely. So, you know, I'm strongly opinionated. Um, you got to be, though. You got to be. I if you think. don't believe in what you're yeah. doing, you have to be strongly opinionated. For sure. And, you know, it they they crack jokes at me and my coaching staff sometimes because, you know, I'll just I'll argue going yeah. blue in the face because I believe it. Yeah. But they've really given me an opportunity, you know, to grow as a coach. Yeah. You know, whereas some guys, like you mentioned, extra guy, you join on, you're there to push pucks. Well, yeah, my, yeah. my first year, they didn't let me. I was running practices. I was doing everything. So um, that was kind of... Yeah, that first year with Dartmouth was really that that moment where it was like light bulb. Um.
0: I love that light bulb moment. Yeah. I love it. There's nothing better in life than that light bulb
1: moment. It, you,
0: it, it's like a, a weight off your shoulders. Like, oh, I'm passionate about this. Okay. Yeah,
1: without even knowing. Yeah, you're just yeah, like, let's go. It's very hard to find things you truly love doing. Um, I love going to the rink, man. The world it's, of shit stuff. Yeah, it's fun, man. It's so fun. And I think the most gratifying thing is when you see a light bulb happen for a kid on the ice or something. Like, that's a cool moment between coach and player. Or all of a sudden
2: like, you see that player break that barrier that he just couldn't, like whether it was mentally yeah, or or yeah. In, the, in a drill. And all totally. of a sudden, bam, now he's got it. And you can see it in his face like, you know, like, holy shit, I did yeah. it. I can do this shit.
1: Yeah, it's it's super cool. And, you know, no discredit to coaches i had in my younger career but you know there were a lot of negatives and there were a lot of positives but you know i see the negatives i'm going man if i had had you know a positive experience at this juncture maybe something would have worked out different for me so i kind of try to you know take that into when i'm coaching these kids you know whether it's the 12th forward or the first forward um you know i treat them all kind of the same so try to give them that positive um Experience because you were both those forwards. So. I was both those forwards, <laughs> man. Jeez, oh! I tell the kids, you know, I had a cup of coffee in the queue. um Yeah, five games. Five games. Minus five. That was a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can get into that game. I was minus four, one game. Oh boy, he kept putting you out. Well, we had nine forwards playing against Moncton their oh, home okay. opener so you had to Why you have nine four oh, guys are NHL camps yeah it was that time of year that that Moncton home opener. oh you weren't an NHL camp no, no not yet <laughs> not yet it's my draft year oh, oh um, my bad <laughs> <laughs> they didn't put an e on the plane ticket <laughs> to, yeah, to yeah, go up yeah. somewhere it's just <laughs> Burke. No, I'll never I'll never forget my first game in the queue I was mine's four Mind you, two of those mindsets I was just coming over the bench. But no, those are ya. the worst. They get you. But we're, like playing, yes we're playing in Moncton. They had Zach Sill and uh, and uh, Scott Brandon from Picto. Do you remember the Brandon brothers? <sighs> yeah, well, buddy. Scott was there. And back then at the Moncton Coliseum, they had the short glass, and the owner, Robert Irving, used to sit just behind the Moncton bench, but he was close enough to your bench where the tunnel is, where the two benches are. And when they scored, the lights would go off in the rink. So Zach Sill scored like – 20 seconds in their home opener, the Moncton call seems packed. Fuck. I'm sitting there going, I'm on the bench. I'm like, this is bananas. <laughs> Your pump still scored. You're like, I was awesome. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that was sick. Like, I can't even lie. And then I went on the ice and I got a dash real quick. I think Brandon scored and they did it again. They beat us like 10 1 or something. But oh, so you weren't too bad. No, I wasn't too bad. <laughs> but two of those, I literally had just hopped over the ice. It was, it was brutal. But I remember. A fan yelling over our bench when Zach still had a hat trick and he blew up like four guys and he fought. It was it was like a man playing boys. It was terrifying. Um the fan it's was terrifying. yelling He can play nets for you too. So oh I was that was my God. worst you know, one of my worst hockey experiences, but it was one of the most memorable. I was dash four in my first Q road. It's game. crazy how you remember that shit clears day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you those are two that. of the totally. toughest
2: motherfuckers playing, man.
1: Oh, terrified. Uh, Eighteen year old, that was like a buck eighty, like were you though? Terrified. Yeah. I took a. You remember muscle, uh, muscle milk? Yeah, protein yeah, 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 Comes in like a paint can. Like You're I was on that, on that all summer. That's what yeah, it was. It was yeah, paint. Yeah.
0: You're like I could be playing Moncton home opener. I got to
1: take this. Yeah. I got to take this stuff. <laughs> that and eating the. Uh the cold-cut sandwiches from Costco that had, like, a 1,000 calories per yeah. sandwich. My mom had me on those, man. And I, I'm still You frail, think that's
2: so. still a diet plan for <laughs>
1: players these days, the old Costco fucking cold cuts? <laughs> <laughs> you, you'd be surprised, you know, anything to add weight on calories in that's versus true. calories out, right? But oh, I had a, you know, back to, the, I guess, the original point, I had a quick cup of coffee, but... Actually, I don't even remember the original point, dudes. You got me all. Near do I, and yeah, I was just going to say. Welcome to the High Button Podcast. You said yeah, you had huh. a quick
2: cup of coffee, and I'm sitting here thinking, fuck, I just chirped him for being minus five, but I, I, I'm, I'm minus sit- five games. In I'm sitting
0: here with, like, four questions just ran, ready to go, and then dudes will just go off about <laughs> how he had his short was too stick and midget. That's why he didn't get enough goals. I never said anything about myself. <laughs> <I know. laughs> no, that's, that's the best. Though, I was chirping Burke for being minus
1: a, five. That's what it was. Yeah, that's a, that's a memory. Um, I'll never forget that. That's a good one. That's a good one. Hit Zach him with Sill. one of your cool questions. Then well, now I forget. That's what I said. I had four
0: lined up ready to go, but now we we're talking about Zach Sills scoring. Well,
2: that doesn't make you a good host if you can't remember them.
0: <laughs> that's right. I could chirp you right now, but it would be two to the heart, so I can't let it be <laughs> two to the heart. He knows me too well now. Um, so, qualities of uh, scouting. That's a world that it interests me. Yeah. We have not no idea anything I, about. I, I it. don't. I know nothing about you know the, the scouting world. I know that no. every time we talk to a coach, um, whenever scouts do call them, it's rarely about who they are uh, as a hockey player, but who they are more as a person. Yeah. Are these questions that you're calling when you have the scout hat on? Like, w- w- what what makes a great scout? I guess is my question.
1: Yeah. Well, let's get one thing straight. I'm the small man on the totem pole everywhere I go. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're you know, on the totem pole. I'm on the totem
2: pole. You're on the totem pole. I'm
1: not calling coaches. Let's you know you're just giving input to i'm giving input as what i see as a player right but the scouting world man this i've done it for two years now um my first year i scouted for the csr for the quebec league so you know they have regional guys and you're responsible for creating that list of 250 players or whatever yeah so that was sort of my first taste um and then this year i had a one-year contract with the with the eagles so sick you know I was fortunate enough that I saw a lot of hockey as it was, just being a coach. Yeah. Um, I'd go to the Max or Cole Harbor games on Wednesday nights, but, you know, I'm not traveling to Sydney to see guys, but I was privy to seeing a lot of games. Yeah. So it, it came kind of easy, you know, in terms of, like, what are they as a player? And, you know, with my own sessions, you know, the group that came in this year, the O 4s I had all of them on the ice with me last summer. So it was really – that was, like, a good thing for me, you know, to help ease my – You know, the hockey knowledge in terms of each individual player for the Eagles, Um, you know, I'm working with them on the ice. So that's kind of – it's kind of made my transition to scouting, I guess, to answer your question, easy. Um, But, you know, you guys can tell when you watch a hockey player if he's a good hockey player or not. 100%. You know what I mean? You just see it. You see the speed. You know, first thing I look at is skating because you got to be able to skate to play at the next level, right? Yeah. You know, the teams they give you scout books and it's got four or five categories and you're supposed to rank them for that game like what oh, you see cool. you know it's like skating there's you know puck skills there's puck IQ puck possession. sense yeah hockey you know, sense um you know character there's there's things like that you know is he working hard so every team has their own sort of grading or rating scale so yeah. they uh, they definitely make it easier for you to do but yeah. i think the thing people are starting to get into now is just getting hockey you know ex hockey people to be scouts for them because they understand it. You know, there's some people who yeah. never played hockey who can look at a player and totally get why they're a good hockey player. Dubis. <laughs> never yeah. played hockey. Yeah. Well, Ken Hitchcock, coached in the NHL, can't skate. Never played hockey. There's guys that don't out there need to skate. Just, you know, so it's that's definitely it's been not to say an easy transition. You know, I watch a lot of hockey, so maybe that's why it's easy. But um I shouldn't say easy, but it just comes you know, a little more natural to me. It's yeah. been just your whole life. It's been my whole Even life. when you
2: were playing, you're like, wow, that guy's sick. Or, wow, look at that guy blocked four shots, that shift, you know. Yeah. Like, it's just something that you have, like, encrypted in your brain over yeah, the years. like,
1: why is doodle on my junior A team, you know. There's, <laughs>
2: there's, there's, there's <laughs> Even doodle sitting there thinking the same thing. What the <laughs> fuck? <you> doing
1: <laughs> so, no, I, it's, I've it's i been two years into this world, so it's uh it's definitely just something you work at. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know. Um, one thing that you think attributes to being an NHL hockey player, other than skating, because skating's the obvious one. What mm-hmm. do you think it is? I'm going to tell you what mine is: puck possession. When I watch an NHL game and I see a yeah. guy turn a puck over, it's a rare thing. Puck possession is so important. So, yeah. outside of puck possession and, and skating, what
1: do you think is the number one attribute of being an NHL player? Top three lines. Well, first and foremost, everyone has skill, right? Yeah. So that, to me, you know, there's there's varying degrees of skill for each player you know Connor McDavid's skill isn't you know a fourth line player but one thing people don't understand and I always try to tell it to our kids you know when you leave a level and you go to the next level everyone's just as good as you yes so you got to find something you got to find your role so you know those fourth liners in the NHL people don't realize how yeah. skilled they are Max Talbot was a fourth liner for Pittsburgh he was He was a 150
0: point getter with Gatineau I think
1: yeah like so everyone has skill so I don't, I don't like to say skill because you know yeah. um but it's definitely, I think it's IQ. You know, you're seeing a lot of hockey players today, um, whether they're small or what, or frail or undersized. You know, everyone was like, "Oh, he's so smart," and then they grow and then they go somewhere it's like oh it's cuz he's smart it's not cuz he's skilled yeah so you know and to so add to the window then yeah to add to your point of you know possession i think possession is a skill right okay. you know it's it's combo of skill and iq because you know when to get rid of it when not to hold it things like that mm-hmm. so um definitely iq you know you can tell when a hockey player just smart you get it you know how do you teach that though Man, it's you, ingrained. You don't teach it. Yeah. Can't I, teach hockey IQ. It's not that you can't. I think you can. You can implement you, it. <laughs> you, I think you can condition kids to think a certain way. I think you do. It's, a, it's like, you know, university, um, you know, if, if you're not good at chemistry or something, what do you do? Well, you study it, right? You start to understand scenarios. You try to work at it. Well, I think the same thing with hockey. You can slowly improve your hockey IQ if you understand, um, you know, aspects of the game. Yeah. Right. So I think you can work at it, but there's always levels to how knowledgeable someone is about hockey. Yeah. Right. A lot of it's instinct too. Right. Hockey IQ. It's a big know, thing. Some people see. You know, they may think dudes is going up the wall, but maybe I think he's going cross ice, and they pinch and they pick it off. You're like, well, how do you make that play? Well, that's, that's right. Maybe maybe that's IQ, but it's mostly instinct. Yeah. Right. So repetition. Some pe- yeah repetition. Some people, you know, it there's always different degrees to every single skill. So IQ is one of them. But in terms of building it, I think you can, but slowly. But I think some people just naturally have it. I always like talking about uh, video when it comes to practicing,
0: yeah. and, and you know, I, myself, dudes as well. We always talk about this. How whenever we saw ourselves play hockey, it was a wow moment. Because back when we played, I, I don't know, myself. I know you two, you two dudes. When was the last time you saw yourself play hockey? You know, you, you never saw yourself. You never... Still frame. You, the mistakes yeah. you've made, the, the goals you phone. scored. Like, you never actually got to see it. And it's mm-hmm. crazy when you look at an NHL bench now and someone makes a mistake. They have an iPad in their hand looking at it right within now. seconds. It's incredible. And it's yeah. incredible to think what that's going to do for the game of hockey from now to 10 years from now. Yeah. You know, if you, it's yeah. incredible when you hear these mic'd up videos of guys in the NHL and the communication that they have on the bench, but only because they can see the play right in front of them. Don't get me wrong. They'll be like, you know... I messed up on that three-on-one. I should have dropped past it instead of passing it to the left. But now they can actually see it and then look at the defender's moves. I don't know. It's, well, it's one it's thing it's to incredible. be told
2: something, and it goes back yeah, to you yeah, saying you demo, it. and you you yeah. want to make sure you're doing drills that 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 you can do so that the people will see you doing it. That was one of my biggest complaints as a kid was it, coaches expected you to do this shit, and you I didn't believe that any one of them could do it. Yeah. And you're preaching it. But if you're watching somebody do this and you're hearing it, then it's a completely different ball game then, right? Instead of just, you need to do this, you need to do that, and then and, 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 and you're just like, by the end of it, you don't even hear it. But if you're watching it, now you get to see it, and you're like, okay,
1: I believe you now. Yeah.
0: Do they have that in the queue, the video stuff? Yeah, the, they the do. iPads? Yeah. I,
1: I don't know to the degree on the bench, like the NHL, yeah. but definitely between intermissions, you know, we do it at our level. You know, we do have you? someone film our games, and every intermission the iPad comes down, and kids are conditioned now to be like, can I see this play? Really? Yeah, so, you know, they're very privileged in that sense, Yes. you know. So, a lot of kids are visual learners. Yes. So, mm. like you said, you know, you could terminology, terminology, but you know, unless mm. you can see it, you you don't understand it. It's so, just words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, our kids will ask all the time, "Can I see this clip?" or "Can I see what I did on that goal? I should have done." You know, I love the minus. That. Yeah. So, kids are definitely more, you know, pro pro, uh, sorry, terminology. They're. You know they're more. It's more accessible to them, so they're more easily. It's more readily available. They want to see. They're more what prone to done. use it. Prone to use it. Yeah. that was the word I was looking. At. God, <sighs> that just doesn't just happen often where right. I come That's in. That's not a good <laughs> <Big> word. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> All five letters. Tough.
2: Three
0: university <laughs> degrees. Can't think of prone. <laughs> He's the spelling guy in the high button sports yeah. too. I'll type <laughs> up emails. I'll send them to him before we go. Think about that. That's. It I is weird, in you, dudes. <laughs> I believe in
1: you. It is weird. My computer does
2: it for me. Yeah. No.
1: <laughs> but yeah video big yeah in today's day so i film all the you know i post videos on um my instagram you know just for pieces to show people what we're doing yeah but also kids want to see it too so i'm out there with the ipad i don't blame them i don't even when i'm on the ice i don't even have a stick in my hand which is crazy when i go to Sounds demo like drills i'm always looking at kids i go stick stick someone give me a stick i don't care what hand it is cause you like, ever broken
2: you know, one on, on the kid
1: no never that. never But I'm always out there with a phone or an iPad filming, and I'll show the kids what they look like. So now they go into their next rep, and they're like, okay, I didn't get enough, you know, torque on my upper body, something like that.
2: Let's be real here, too. In hockey, a lot of you say visualization, that means a bunch of different things in hockey, right? Like, if you are doing the same drill, and you just showed me my swoop on, you know, low support or something like that, and I'm not low enough. Yep. In my head I'm thinking, Okay, well where was I last time? If yep. I'm not low enough, then you go again and go in the exact same place because maybe that's what you've known. Yep. But now that I see, okay, no, you gotta come under the ring at line for the low support. And you're like, this is where you were. And now you're out there on the ice and you're visualizing yeah. that video now on the ice. Mm-hmm. So you can go, Okay, now I understand. Yeah. And it's just like but there's an added pressure with that too, that like there's no reason for you not to yeah. know and not to get better at these things when you mm-hmm.
0: can see it.
1: It's like what more do you want? It's on film. You can't, yeah. It's like do it the right way. Yeah. See it. Look at it. I think with film too like like you just mentioned you know the pressure of it um, I think coaches are getting better in terms of showing positives rather than negatives true you know, positive reinforcement of things um you know obviously you you look over goals against and things like that but we always like we do film sessions we'll do a 10 hour uh, it's not 10 hour 10 minute one i was gonna say 10 hour, hour what, kids <laughs> we'll do a 10 minute session like we don't oh, do like film okay yeah goals we,
2: against too is a team thing right that you can break that yeah, down into a team totally thing. you know I, it's it all there's always the these zones. parts yeah, yeah.
1: Water, oh sure bye no it's too cold <laughs> um for sure, the video like we always try to show positives and you know, you gotta keep attention spans. So we, we do like ten minutes, boom, 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 and then we'll show the goals or something. Something that even at your lowest when you're tired and you're mentally checked out, you're yeah. tuning in because you exactly. want to see your goals. So and,
2: and let's be real again too, the Having the video on your phone so you can show your buddies and the girls or whatever yeah. at that school, that's what the kids are into these days, totally. plain and simple. Yep. If, I mean, I'm p- pretty addicted to my phone as yep. is, but if I had old footage of me playing hockey, I'd watch it all the time. That's just how it is. That's just human nature in my mind.
0: I remember the first time I ever saw myself play hockey was after the Pee Wee Quebec tournament. We're driving on the bus because I think someone's dad filmed it on the... Like a, a DVD is when DVDs were coming out and you can rip them. Yeah, that's what it was yeah, right you after buy the game. Them from the tournament, you know? Yeah, and the guy, whoever the parent was, put the DVD into the bus DVD player and we're driving to the restaurant and I'm watching myself skate on TV. I was just blown away. I was like, "That's what I skate like." Oh, I look like an idiot. I'm wearing right, a got blue Jofa. This is ridiculous. No, that wasn't blue Jofa. <laughs> that was that was Timbits.
2: I want to stay on the. The minor hockey or like kids days. Um, How I did want
1: you, did you have the bowl cut or was it just? The oh, that's again? right. Man.
2: Did
0: you ever have the bowl cut? <laughs>
1: Nick Carter, buddy. Nick Carter, Backstreet boys. That was me, man. I see. I came up in the prime of Backstreet Boys. So I'm a, you know I'm a year older than you guys. Whatever. But, <laughs> you know, ele- elementary heartthrob, man. That mushroom cut. You know, I always asked my mom. Taylor and I look alike when we we're young kids too. We had the blonde hair. Oh yeah. Know, so. She had us both with the bowl cut so he was Aaron I was Nick. It was like the stupidest thing. <laughs> did you
2: guys reenact the Backstreet Boys at home? No. Oh, right. That's bullshit. Man, I'm going to oh, ask man. your mom. Just a heart throb. <laughs> Elementary heart throb. So let me ask you then, how did you did you do the did your mom put the bowl on your head and actually cut it or did no, you get it professionally done at first I went choice?
1: To, yeah, I went to uh hair salon. Was it Judy bowl. Salos? No, it wasn't. <laughs> oh yeah, she did cut hair. <laughs> man, my Boys mom hair. was super like protective of that too, that mushroom cut. I don't know why.
0: It was a brand thing, man. It's a brand name for you, the Mushroom Cut.
1: Yeah, I know. Jeez,
0: man. That's
2: like the one thing I remember when when I walked in here and you were mentioning it in the intro. I think it
0: was. Yeah, in the intro, you got a Mushroom Cut. Uh, but that was like your staple, showdown. man.
2: It was like that's how I remembered you, and that's why I hated you too, probably. But <laughs> at the same time, but yeah, I, I didn't really come up with like your guys's group until it, like Bannum. Yeah. But anyways, I was gonna ask you a question because you remember in Major Midget, you and I were enemies. Oh yeah. Um. But your dad used to help out with the team a lot, and I and I remember him sometimes like getting at me for shit, cause I would do greasy stuff like cut across center and like take a puck from somebody. Mm-hmm. But one day your dad was putting the water out, oh my god, and I want to you know, know the story? if yeah. and I want to <laughs> know if he remembers this. So if you ever get a chance, ask him. And I I don't, I'm I, sure he'll listen. So yeah yeah, so I'm 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 skating out for warm up, and I'm like. Fuck this, man! Like these guys have been pissing me off. You're pissing me off. Your dad's pissing me off. So he was putting all the stuff out. and He kept like bending down into the bench and coming back up. So I waited for my perfect moment. He had all the pucks out and all the water, and I just skated out onto your guys' side and warm up and just went, Psh, and smashed everything down on the bench. And uh, he he was so mad, but he didn't he didn't say anything. He, you could just see the rage on him. You know what <sighs> I mean? And I just went down and continued my game. I'm hoping he remembers, man.
1: Constable Burke. Well story people won't know and you probably remember but belly may not know we played each other my third year midget i came back from q camp i was the last cut of pei so i thought it was hot shit i was like yeah. you know my mom did, didn't Fact. want me to go live in truro and play junior a she's like you know you've only played one year midget like just stay home finish your grade 12 and then hockey's up to you whatever you want to do so i came back for my third year after being a point of game as a second year my first year in the league because i played <laughs> high school grade yeah 10, before that, yeah, right. So I thought it was awesome. I thought it was so much better than what I was doing out there. I had the worst regular season. I think I had, like, 21 points in, like, 33 games. That's how it goes. Ooh, and the only beat, yeah. and the only reason I played 33 games and not 36 or whatever it was at the time is because I got suspended two games for slew-footing lay <laughs> in the handshake line after the Max beat us in, like, a shootout at Cole I scored the Wednesday winner, though. Night. I don't know what it was. Dude, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, dude said something. I missed. I remember. I vividly remember. I had a wide open net, and I went to tuck it, slide yeah. it in, and I hit the post. And like, dude scored, and they won. So when we we're in the handshake, he said something to me, and you know, I just kicked his feet out from under him. And you know how hard I went down. Yeah. Like you I got hard. murdered. Oh yeah. And back then, you know, the the refs they watch you shake hands, so they saw that, and it was like <laughs> kicking like two games spent. I don't a year remember ago. that. Oh man, it was it was probably one of my lows.
2: That was my job, dude. <laughs> Cause I, you, that's what it was that's in my head I'm like this guy thinks he's fucking hot shit right now coming down yeah. from the queue I'm like are you kidding me dude yeah. right now no not happening and then you guys had ants and he just screamed yeah starts yeah the whole game yeah. I was like I hate these
0: guys <laughs> I hate their dads I hate their <laughs> everything I remember one time we were playing in Bridgewater I'm playing for the Lions and I'm back checking not that hard but I'm like getting back in the play and dudes is right behind me but I don't know this yeah. so dudes is right behind me but the ref is parallel to me so I kind of see him out of my peripheral my yeah. right eye so the ref's right there and I know dudes is coming up behind me so i know he's either just gonna like rub my leg or just you know do something, something just, to, this, just to say hello yeah does the complete opposite of like a little touch or grab or whatever he locks his arm oh, yeah. on my arm Do special falls, falls so yeah. it looks like i just like slew footed him or punched him <laughs> down did something to him next thing you know i'm in the box two minutes while dude's just skating away that was the thing. That's exactly
2: what you said. Well, that's what I do. I put my stick in with you and put my arm on you. Oh, yeah. And, fall he just, and as I fall, I tangle with you. But I pull you down. It makes it look like you, took, on, yeah. you took me down. A it kid, worked like a
1: charm. Yeah. I won't mention the name, but there was a player in our league this year who would do that a lot. Um, and we played them in the playoffs. And I said, that is dudes. I literally said <laughs> let's, get him on the, let's get him on the podcast. I said, yeah. I said, to, <laughs> I said to Taylor, my brother, because he was there scouting. I was like, did that not remind you of... <laughs> Matt Dudley, he was like totally. So <laughs> the
2: Burke, not a big fan of the Dudley style. The Burke household.
1: It wasn't until junior, man. It wasn't until junior. You guys were teammates, yeah. right? Yeah. Well yeah. it was
2: funny when I did it to other people. Oh yeah, because I would a, fuck with people riot, even more. You know,
1: Jimbo not giving dudes shifts for a whole game, so he was entertainment <laughs> while we were on the bench. Whole game, mean like he just sit on the bench the whole game. Whole games, whole games, man. Whole games. Remember
2: I told you the Dylan Hutton story where I sat there the whole game, and he was like, "Who wants to injure somebody?" Because we were losing by a ton. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I do, because I sat there for literally 58 minutes. Just, just to get
1: out there.
0: Yeah,
2: and then it, it just got way out of hand. I got knocked out, all kinds of shit.
1: Yeah, to dude's credit, the problem was in Bridgewater. It's not that he couldn't play junior A. It's just we were such like an underachieving team that every game there was a pressure to win. So it was like top two lines, top two lines, That's top two line. yeah. That's all it was, right? Yeah. Fortunately, I was on one of those lines. But, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Um, but you know, it was it was definitely – it wasn't because dudes couldn't play. Let's just say I that. had a lot of fun, though. Yeah. You know, I was there for the
2: teams. team, let's just say that.
1: <laughs>
2: but I did dumb shit, too. Like, I was going over pregame smokes and shit. Like, I didn't help my cause any.
1: <laughs> no, he was smoking with our trainer.
2: <laughs> so the boys would go for warm-up in Bridgewater, and I'd run out in first, and I'd just leave and go have a smoke, and I'd, you know, smoke a little dope. And then I'd come back and run with the team, with the boys again, and then just come in the rink, and everyone just thought I did the – Pre-game warm-up and shit And I just didn't I was out smoking Oh (laughs)
1: Jesus I want to make this clear To any parents That are listening Junior A is much different now Yeah well I was just (laughs) We're trying to like It was
2: wrong (laughs) Like I knew it was wrong But I just like I was an idiot That's all it was And that's why A lot of the times In all seriousness here That's a lot of the reason Why I do like doing this Is because I can literally Tell you what not to do Yeah Like don't do this shit It's funny to hear Yeah and it was funny Like it wasn't funny To me at the time That's what, what I thought Was cool But it's not, you know? So in all seriousness, I know it's hard for you guys to take it seriously right now. But, yeah, just don't do that shit. (laughs) That's
1: the difference in hockey nowadays, right? Everyone's so dedicated. Whereas, you know, when we played Junior A, um, it very much was, like, you know, a tough fighting league. Um, You weren't the only one doing that. Um, No, I know. You weren't the only one doing that. But now everyone has put so much into hockey that when they get to Junior A, like, Junior A is very good. Junior A teams nowadays would kill our team's back. 100%. Deck, right? Yeah. Right. Just based on talent alone. Right. So, there's, you know, there's no Chad Davis's playing. That's gray. what I was going to say just going out fighting for a shift and done you know and very much
2: and there's this too like this was the mindset when we played like yeah junior a was sick and you were pumped to play but a lot of guys seen that as the end of their roof yeah right a lot of guys weren't even going to university from that where that's now it's now the feeder system for ncaa right and now you're like if you're a q guy and you're 17 and you get drafted high but you don't make the q then they want you to play junior a right yeah so it's a completely different ball game man it's like i my first year junior was fucking terrifying yep we had five fighters you could fight as many times you want i was on the fighter's line so you never knew what was going to happen yeah. like
1: it's just a completely different beast totally you're only allowed three fights a year now yeah. before you start getting suspended only allowed to throw one junior a yeah and when you fight you get kicked out of that game so uh. if you fight first shift of the game you know like the old classic center ice face off you know passano's yeah that someone,
2: weighed on me done. man i never realized till i was out of hockey but like that the mental side of that of knowing you could at any time get just your head beat in
1: yeah different game man yeah totally and it's it's totally changed now you're right in terms of junior a there's much more opportunity in hockey nowadays i think there's more light being shone on all leagues across yes, canada which is awesome yeah totally it's wicked shout out
0: to sport entertainment atlantic for working with the junior a league around here 2 they're doing a great job with the marketing aspect with that junior a league or oh, yeah. maritime hockey league it's yeah. called now right maritime yeah. hockey league. maritime hockey league they're
2: yeah doing a great it sounds job so cool that. i play in the mhl what'd you say nhl no no mhl no, no, it's yeah.
1: better <laughs> No, I work for the Bearcats and they do a great job, of they film every game. Every rink now has, you know, they do that hockey TV yes. where every game is streamed. So now, you know, teams are putting out YouTube videos of highlights, you know. So there's just so many more positive eyes focusing in on the Maritime League. Yeah. Um whereas when we played, it unfortunately wasn't the case, right? It was Well, just yeah, the, the just Mooseheads really the were just went. the monster. It's yeah. like they took everything,
0: like, well, yeah. You know. how playing how many junior, a junior A in Halifax failed. Well, playing in Junior A in Halifax, my whole career, we might have had 300 people. Yeah, and like they're all your in parents. total, to- exact in yeah, total, your... exactly at every game, not every game, but like in total. So yeah, in yeah total. three every game, <laughs> like fifteen every <laughs> game.
2: Yeah, orange t-shirt night.
0: Anyways, craziness back then. You got any stories for us other than this? We're up on an hour already. Yeah, do you remember anything?
2: Like wow. I know
1: your dudes was talking about the, the man. One of my, one of my most least. Well, sorry, uh, Lumby's days. So we'll go there. <laughs> I love these. You know, yeah, because I was this, an absolute this, trash. So. I want to tell this story. Everyone knows Mike Fugier. Fuji. Fuji. good buddy of mine. He always chirps me, like whatever. That's what good buddies do. Yeah. (laughs) So he, my 19-year-old year year in Ridgewater, we had Jimbo coaching us. Do you remember when we lost our assistant coaches and Fuji came like halfway through the year? So he was this young guy, you know, kind of like me in the midget ranks, like a young guy just there just to help out, you know, maybe make a couple bucks, whatever. We're playing one game, and I can't remember who we're playing, but Jimbo was doing something real stupid. Like he was doing something just like he was messing with our top lines. And like I had mentioned, we were very much a two line team, and we, and we needed to win these games. And for some reason, he sat me with dudes and and Andrew Wig for a couple shifts. And I was like, "What's going on here? What did I do?"
2: Because <laughs> Wig and I were the rookies too, right? Okay.
1: Yeah. And we're down. Now we're down a goal, and I hadn't played in about ten minutes of a game, which you know was was odd so I'm me. sitting there I'm getting pissed off I'm rattled you know I'm a suck whatever <laughs> and then Jimbo finally tells me calls my name to go with my line and I turned back and I looked at him and I said I'm with my line right here and it was those two <laughs> and he's like what? he's like you're going out there with them and I looked at Jimbo and I said to him I said Jimbo go fuck yourself I'm not going out th- I'm not going out there I remember there. this <laughs> And Mike Fougier down the bench, heard it because the whole bench was quiet, right? You know what I mean? Like the bench, no one's saying nothing, right? You're listening for the coaching calls. Down a goal. Down a goal. Home game. (laughs) Mike Fougier looks at me with this most perplexed look (laughs) on his face. And he still tells this story. He says to me, he's like, what did you just say? And I looked at him. It may have been his first game on the bench. I didn't even know him yet. I said, who the fuck are you? How did you get on the bench? This is such a Burke moment. Such a Burke moment. Just, you know, like I said strong-headed so uh, he'll he never lets me live that story down he always tells me he's just like you're the only player i've ever seen (laughs) tell jim bottomley the famous you know junior a coach to go fuck himself (laughs) and proceed to chew out his assistant coaches who you don't even know who i don't even know talk about cancerous moment bougie tells that story when I'm on the bench to other people. I want to hear him tell that story. Now. It's always oh, better yeah, from
2: the other perspective. Yeah, from the other perspective. I do remember yeah. you, was literally, you doing that because Jimbo him.
1: didn't even say anything to you. He just looked at you like, what the f- like, It's almost like he kind of respected it. But definitely did. He was just like- Shocked that someone actually said something to him because Jimbo wow. had this persona. But like I said, you know, every year I was up and down from the queue. So like I, I, I thought it was big time. Mm-hmm. So wearing his PEI rockets, fucking
2: socks. I used to trip him in practice so much, Sick socks. Well, we, yeah, we, didn't, <laughs> we didn't have
1: practice socks so you <laughs> or anything you else, bro. <laughs> I know, but
2: boys were fighting each other for tape and sticks, and you had to get there early to get socks. Like you guys I didn't want have the match. shinny. You didn't no, have shinny. Jimbo would go down. I don't know who went down. Somebody in the organization. I, I put a lot of the harp on Jimbo because. You know, whatever But anyways, he'd come back in And he'd be like, new sticks for everybody And they'd be like, thirty nine dollars sticks Canadian, yeah. at Canadian tar And it's Might like, well I don't want to shit on too much But like, when you're playing Junior A You need a good, reliable stick yep. It's a rough-ass it's a game f- out there A face-off will break one of those Totally. So like, the boys are having to go buy sticks Out of their own money, and like I mean we made the most of it but it was like we had a lot of fun. Man, I'm one of our year and home opener. I think I think you might have been gone that year cuz you yeah. played on like 19 teams the next year. Yeah. Um we had our home opener and we wore Molson Canadian beer league jerseys. I know we played I against Remember you. that. I remember. What? <laughs> what is going on? I didn't play the game but Where were still. your jerseys? Well, we got our st- – They got new ones. From Columbus. Idiots. Columbus gave us their old jerseys, and we had to get them recrested. But they were like, we didn't wear them till like 13 totally. games into the season.
1: I remember my first game <laughs> back in Bridgewater in my 20-year-old year. Um, I was playing for Amherst, and we showed up, and you guys had those jerseys on. And yeah, there were signs in the stands like "Fuck you, Burke," like all kinds of stuff. I'm sitting there going, "Like this is Junior A in Nova, you know, in Nova Scotia. Like, am I that big time that I got, <laughs> I got people <laughs> showing up to the rink, you know, with signs?" That was saying, my buddies, but whatever. I know. Well, the so <laughs> most terrifying thing was I remember signing this kid's jersey at the, one of those Christmas skates the year before. because he's yeah. always around the ring, and he had a sign. And I'm sitting there going, "Carlos, <laughs> so, wasn't it? Guaranteed." I don't know. I can't remember the kid's name now to this day, but at the time I did. And you guys had the Molson Canadian jerseys on, so rugged too. Like, Let's not get one even thing new. straight, okay? Everyone yeah. says I was a suitcase junior A. Let's get one thing straight. Okay, we pl- here we, we, go. we played Truro that year in the playoffs, and we took them to Game Six. And if honestly, if Matt Snow didn't blow a back check, we probably would have beat them. Or if players.
2: Dennis didn't jinx us. Den- oh man, remember he's we were in double overtime, and he's like, "Are you guys? There's like a minute left." <laughs> he's like, "Are you face off in our end? Are you um, ready for game? Seven? Are you re- no? He goes, "Are you ready for triple overtime?" And then like ten seconds later, they score, and we're all like.
1: Oh my! Who said that? The we announcer. had an announcer. It was kind of like an NBA style game where we had an announcer who would walk around the, sh- the stands MVP like fans. Bobby Mack. Before yeah. Bobby Mack was Bobby Mack for the Mooseheads, and he was just like say the most absurd things. And he said that, and they scored off a faceoff ten seconds later. It was but Burke's it, assignment. It was Matt Snow's fault. <laughs> it was Matt it was Snow's. It I let him know all the time. <laughs> Dana Fraser. God damn it! Fuck, he was good though. Yeah, but we played that series, and we took them to, you know, Game Six in our home barn. Yeah. You know, we were two two with them. Right, till we went up there lost, and we lost game six in double overtime. You know, that was probably my funnest hockey I ever played in junior A because I lit Tro up. I'll just come out cocky and say it. I lit him up. Even and, I and, did. And Coach uh, Sean Evans at the time, he said to me in the handshake line, he said, I'm going to trade for you next year. See you next year in Truro. <laughs> I'm sitting there going. Awesome. That's who drafted me. They traded me away when I made the queue. So I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the club. You yeah, know what I mean, like, Truro, that, yeah, Truro, many sticks as you want. Truro was the Toronto Maple Leafs. Of <laughs> junior, to junior all a, day, right? baby. Right? Free skates. There was two teams back then. It was kind of there was Summerside, there was Woodstock, and there was Truro in terms of financially stable junior a teams. That and give just overall
2: f- fucking vibe of being there. You know? Yeah,
1: exactly. So I'm sitting there going, all right, something's gonna get done. And we had a we had a year end meeting with Jimbo and and the <laughs> owner, and I just said to him like, you know, like. I had fun playing here, but I want to play university hockey. I so said I don't think this is the environment for me to be here. So he didn't it's take that. he didn't take that kindly and oh, really? and Truro tried to trade for me and out of spite, like they were offering <laughs> yeah, right. they were offering me ten, ten grand just to take just to trade my rights and picks and stuff, right? That like anyone who watches junior A trades, see future considerations, it's cash, right? Obviously. So they were, so they were max you can offer is ten grand for a player. So they were giving Max, they were giving picks, and Jimbo said no. So at a spite, he <laughs> traded me to Amherst, who offered them twice as much. The right?
2: o- opposite of Berkey's style play in Amherst. Oh.
1: Yeah, but... I loved it in Amherst. I was like, I'm down to go to Amherst. Like they were, it was a, it was a good town to play in, right? Oh, it was we, a great town, and we had a really good team. We were nine and two at the time before they traded all their twenty year olds for for cash. So oh, I got tra- I got traded in a three way deal with Summerside, a spike trade. Spite. That's crazy.
2: Classic Jimbo. <laughs> it's
1: classic Jimbo. <laughs> spike yo, You're trade. going to fucking Amherst, yeah. and then I got flipped at the deadline,
2: and then he went to Amherst. <laughs> yeah,
1: and then he went to Hammers Yeah, exactly Yeah, he so did so that's, that's the only reason My race got traded twice When I was in the queue Let's get it straight I didn't play for nine teams I was right. technically Somerset's man, and you property know me, For two seconds Told you a million Trou- times
2: I don't exaggerate
0: Alright, Berkey Last minute of the podcast I'd love to just keep going But yeah, my laptop's gonna run out here That's alright We'll probably get in trouble If you want, you, you, We'll put it on your laptop Then if you want to keep going no man. I'll keep fucking junk off my laptop You got a big day today You gotta rest up You're going out there with I'm the going boys. after this You're going with Jared McIsaac Who else is gonna be out there today? Some boys. Some of the boys, of the, the pro boys. I'm Matt
2: Dudley and I'm mic'd up with high button sports. <laughs>
1: That's got, <laughs> it's gonna be a great video.
2: I'm getting dressed at home too. I have to, eh? Do yeah, I?
1: you gotta get you can dressed in the parking lot. That's what I plan on doing. this yeah, most of the ice. guys do. Most of the guys do. Oh, okay, I'll crack
2: a beer, have a you know. Oh no, it's not beer league. this is practice, my bad. This is practice. Sorry, coach. So
1: you can't interfere with my business. I will not,
2: I promise. <laughs> I'm wearing your hat. It's a bad yeah, look.
0: Thank you. Oh, do we have to wear a helmet or do I have to wear a helmet if I'm on No. No helmet? Do I? Yeah, uh, you're playing, yeah. man, buddy. I'm, I'm it. like it's fucking a, you know, Craig McTavish you to these Craig kids. McTavish. It's a liability thing. You gotta have a helmet. They'll
2: off. never even catch me to hurt my head.
0: <laughs> Don't you know all the Zamboni drivers there?
2: Anyways, yeah, I'll get one of the lost and found.
0: Yeah. All right, Burke. Last <laughs> minute of the podcast is yours. If you want to thank anyone for getting you to when you were born to where you are now, go ahead, Jimbo. Anyone, go for it, <laughs> Jimbo. It
1: won't be Jimbo. <laughs> sup Jimbo. Jimbo? Um, I first and foremost want to thank you guys. You know. When you started this a few years ago, you know, I was I was very much on board with what you're doing, and to see where you guys are right now, it's cool as hell, but thank you guys for, you know, shining light on, you know, local athletes, you know, local entrepreneurs such as myself in the hockey world or in the sporting world, so thank you f- guys for allowing me to come out and, you know, joke around and say my piece about hockey, whatever, you know. Um, I want to thank, you know, all the... The coaches I've had, sure, or, you know, or you know, working with um, Dartmouth, you know, I want to thank them. They've sort of given me a platform to do what I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could turn this into a full time business, you know, I have really them to thank. So, you know, to Steve Kroll, Paul Graham, Marty King, Mike Shea, the Dartmouth boys, you know, thank you. Um, but yeah, unreal. Yeah, man. All right, everyone listening, thank you very much for tuning in. Who
0: do we have to shout out? Oh. Noah Martin. Shout out Noah our Martin. Boy. Keep, yeah. that,
2: keep the good comments coming, brother. We love it.
1: Noah Martin's our know. number one YouTube fan, so we said we said we give him a shout out. So Noah. shout out Noah. <laughs> follow, oh, be sure to follow uh, my Instagram account That's at right. JB Hockey Development. H K Y for Hockey and Development. You can find us on Instagram. <laughs> Alright, we're out guys. Enjoy the week. World the world is
3: yours The world is yours. The world is yours. <laughs> Smart my whose world is this? The world is yours, the world is yours. Smart, smart. I sit the dumb peak business. watching Gandhi till I'm charged and writing in my book of rhymes, all the words past the margin. The whole of mic I'm throbbing, mechanical movement, understandable smooth shit that murderers move with. The thief's theme, the play me at night, they won't act right. The fiend of hip hop has got me stuck like a crack pipe. The mind activation, react like I'm facing time like Pappy Mason with pins I'm embracing. Wipe the sweat off my dome, spit the phlegm on the streets. Sway Tim's on my beats, makes my cipher complete. Weather cruising in a six i my margin tar deep I can't call it the beats make me falling asleep I keep falling but never falling six feet deep I'm out for presidents to represent me say what? I'm out for presidents to represent me say what? I'm out for dead presidents to represent me the world is this the world is yours the world is yours whose world is this the world is yours the world is yours mine mine whose world is yours. Smartest, It's mine, it's mine Whose world is this? The world is yours the world is yours it's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. to my this man ill will god bless your life. life to my peoples the wild queens god bless, god bless your, your life. life i trip we box of crazy bitches aiming guns and all my baby pictures with housing police release scriptures that's maybe hitlers yet i'm the mad money getting stabbed, rolling foul the versatile honey sticking wild golden child dwelling in the rotten apple you get tackled a court by the devil's lasso shit is a hassle there's no days for broke days we're selling smoke pays while all the old folks pray to jesus soaking they sins and Trace a holy water, odds against nods and slaughter Think of the word best in my life To name my daughter, my strength My, daughter, my son and star will be my resurrection Born a correction, all the wrong shit I did He'll lead in right direction How you living, larger broker, charge cards are mediocre You're flipping coca, playing spit, spays and strip poker It's yours. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine Whose world is this? The world is yours, it's mine, it's mine. World is the world is yours It's
0: mine, it's mine, mine Whose world is
3: this? My, 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 my world is this. Yo, the world is yours The world is yours my, 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 my world is this. Kick my thoughts alone, get remanded, born alone, die alone, no to. My crown of thune, I'm throne, I sound alone Cave inside a thousand miles from home I need a new nigga For this black cloud to follow Cause while it's over me It's too dark to see tomorrow Trying to maintain I flip, feel the clip to the tip Picture in my peeps 90 the can make my heartbeat skip And I'm amped up They like to champ up Even my brains in handcuffs Headed for Indiana Stabbing women like the Phantom The crew is laughing Big Willie style Check the chip to Check smell chip to Plus smell. I profile wow Stashed through the flock Who's burning dollars to light my stove. Walk the blocks with a bop Checking damn Plus the games people play Bust the problems of the world today. It's, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Whose world is this? The world is yours, the world is yours. It's mine, it's mine, whose world is this? It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. The world is yours, the world is yours. It's mine, it's mine, this world is this. To everybody in Queens The foundation The world is yours To everybody uptown Yo, the world is yours The world is yours To everybody in Brooklyn Y'all know the world is yours The world is yours Everybody in Mount Running The world is yours Long Island Yo, the world is yours Staten Island Here yeah, the world is yours South Bronx, The world is yours